Robbie Chapman is not your regular professional boxer. Mousy blonde curly locks frame his modern-day film star surfer face. At 24 years old, Robbie has accumulated 40 amateur fights before turning pro in May 2018. Robbie hails from Hampstead and is trained by our good friend Xavier Miller at IQ Boxing in Neasden. He made his debut at the iconic York Hall Bethnal Green and has swiftly generated a middleweight record of four bouts, four wins. Whilst Robbie and his management team at Goodwin Boxing clearly have lofty career ambitions, Robbie is the first to say he is interested in creating lasting memories, fighting in big arenas and giving back to his mates and those who have supported him on his journey. Out of the ring, Robbie's day job is that of school caretaker, hence one of the best sporting monikers, the Camden Caretaker. He's such a decent laid-back guy, but he's always been fascinated by the art of boxing since a young lad. The Camden Caretaker is definitely taking care of business, and you can see him live Saturday, June the 29th at York Hall in Southern Area Title Eliminator. I'm thrilled to welcome on board IQ Boxing as the very first sponsor of Your London Legacy podcast. Run by the inspirational head coach, Xavier Miller, IQ Boxing Club in Neasden, Northwest London, is one big close-knit family where the boxers and coaches have excellent working relationships and every boxer supports each other on their individual journey. Every young boxer is given individual time so that they can flourish as a boxer, but more importantly, as a person of character. Regular classes are held for juniors and amateurs, and there are also keep-fit boxer-sized classes. IQ Boxing is built on the pillars of respect, hard work and dedication, and with its supportive trustees, grows from strength to strength. You can find out more about the London Legacy IQ Boxing are creating by following them on Instagram at IQXavierMiller or www.iqboxing.co.uk. I'm Steve Lazarus, and this is your London Legacy. Okay, well, I think I'm I'm the one who should probably be nervous for a number of reasons. I'm sitting in the uh, the ring, the boxing ring. Is this is IQ IQ Boxing, IQ Club. boxing Club? Yep. And I'm sitting in the ring with uh, a professional boxer, Robbie the Caretaker, the Camden Caretaker, the Camden Caretaker. Yep. Give him his full name, Robbie the Camden Caretaker Chapman, who is not only a professional boxer but he's also an Arsenal fan. <laughs> so I feel a little bit intimidated already, being a Spurs fan. So we've, we've taken our corners. Robbie's in the red corner. I'm in the, the blue and white corner. So um, I, I can run through the hills if it comes to it. So thank you very much for joining us today, Robbie. No problem, mate. Um, it's nice to see you. And thanks for taking part. So you are one of the professional boxers, part of the IQ posse. I don't know. What do you, what do you call yourselves? Under <laughs> uh, stable, I guess. The stable. Yeah, I That's the professional word. The stable. Under the trainership of Xavier Miller. That's right, yeah. Who was a previous uh, guest on the show and who now your London legacy is probably going to be sponsoring going forward and vice versa. So that's good news, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so you're a professional boxer. Um, you're a young guy. How old are you? Just turned 25. 25. I'm starting to get a little bit old. <laughs> no, 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 you're not old at all. In fact, my son's 30 uh, and he told me to this afternoon, actually, he said, I'm really old. I've got certain things I want to do. I said, 30? Yeah. You're not old. He said, well, it is old today. Yeah. 30 is much older than it was when, when, when you were my age. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not quite sure. You know, maybe, maybe you think, I don't know. I think whatever age you are, you feel kind of old, I think. Is that because you think you've got so much to do? Yeah, time's, time's just running by? out, mate. It's going so fast <laughs> and they say the older you get, the quicker it goes that i can so vouch if, for. if these 25 years have gone this quick the next 25 years are going to go even quicker yeah that's normally a sign though if time's going quickly that, that your time fun. your days are full yeah. and you're having fun that's true i mean i remember years ago being bored stiff working for a firm of estate agents and the market was completely dead 
and we just sat there in the office doing nothing and the time just dragged it was yeah. horrific yeah, yeah so if you're having fun you're smiling <laughs> <laughs> yeah even though training was... <laughs> camp's not always fun but you know there's fun bits the sparring is fun but Wrestling not so fun. <laughs> so let's so let's dig into that a bit. Obviously, because you've gone through your amateur boxing days, and you yeah. turned. When did you turn pro? I turned pro last year in May. My debut was in May. May of last year. So you're yep. still a relative, um, fairly new, yeah, newbie yeah. to the to the pro game. So we'll we'll come on to that transition because obviously there is, uh, I would imagine, there's a natural step up in class and training and everything else that goes with it that you probably have to come to terms with. But just let's take a step back to your, your younger, younger days. Yeah. 25, you're still young, but your youth. <laughs> what was your first exposure to boxing? Um, the first time we'd done boxing, we went to the park after school, group of us, and we just boxed each other at the park with boxing gloves. So hang on. So, so where was this, first of all? Um, I went to Hendon School. Okay. Um, and we went to Hendon Park afterwards. I know it. Um, we had two pairs of gloves, partnered up, and just sort of fought each other. Um, what, what age was this? This was 15, maybe. 15. Uh-huh. And then um, this is without supervision. This is yeah, just lads yeah, this going is, down the park, yeah. and it's just boys being boys, he, kind of thing. Is that well? I, oh, you know, I went to a boys' school. I, I oh don't, well, <laughs> I don't recall. I don't even know if we had a boxing club. To be honest with you, no, we didn't have a boxing club yeah. at the school. No, no. This no. is your unofficial fight club in the park. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was just meant to be a one-off. It was uh, only meant to be a one-off. But I kind of really enjoyed it. So it turned into like an every week. What occurrence. bit did you enjoy most? Punching, punching the lights out <laughs> the other bloke yeah do you know what it's, it's not even the, it, like the crowd when everyone's shouting at you and um, it's just like you're getting adrenaline and and it's kind of like the rule where you're allowed to fight and you touch gloves and then you're allowed to fight uh-huh. I don't know it was just something just felt a bit but weird you weren't, in those days in the park you weren't fighting with, with you know Queensbury rules or anything you were no, touching well, gloves you were just no no we did like, you did? yeah at the start we'd touch gloves and then we'd go and have a, like, a fight and then at the end we kind of touch gloves and that was it um, but it was kind of something about it that because in school I never fought or anything like that uh-huh. I, was, I was quite a good you were a good boy yeah like I, if I got sent out of class it'd be for talking or uh-huh. <laughs> it'd be for farting <laughs> and uh, the girls used to get the hump and I used to get sent out um, but yeah so like I never fought or anything like that but then all of a sudden there was like this thing where you can touch gloves and fight someone and everyone can watch you and shout and get into it and then I sort of caught a bug from there so it's as much being the centre of attention maybe you're a bit of a um, an exhibitionist perhaps yeah I guess maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know it's just something about it like the adrenaline and everyone shouting and then punching someone and getting punched and so how I mean genuinely how far did you go in the park did you did you lay people out cold or do you just um, I sort of not People, people would like fall down and yeah. stuff, but no, I don't think anyone ever got knocked clean out. Yeah, so this like, is with gloves, not bare. With gloves, no, 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 with gloves. Yeah, okay, we're not fucks. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I'm just uh, that that age. You know, who, who knows what, what kids get up to? Yeah. I mean, did you did you anticipate even in those days that that was where you wanted to go? You wanted to take up boxing as a uh, profession. Well, when I was younger, when I was about nine, ten, I always wanted to go boxing, but my mum would never let me, and I wanted to for years, but she wouldn't let me, and then it just kind of got so forgot all about it yeah now once you started up this at the park after doing it you started doing it every week and then in the end i thought you know what i'm gonna go and give it a go i went to a proper boxing gym mm. and then yeah that was it really so do you what was your first professional fight that you recall seeing on telly for example i'm not sure the first one but we used to i used to go around like my nan and granddad's house when i was a kid and um like all my uncles would be there and they'd watch like the david hay fights mm. and I can't really remember Ricky Hatton a lot. Right. Um, and I remember one time just staying up late when I was a kid and watching uh, 
Toro Gatti v Smicky Ward, not live, just just on YouTube. I don't know if you've ever seen that fight, but I'm not sure I have. It's known for being like a, a quality fight, yeah. And I thought I need to be in something like that one day. So, what was it appeal to you? The the the, the rawness just, of it, the just the general competitiveness of it. Yeah, just like it just look. It looked like it's a it's a really f- good fight. It's like something that you see in a film yeah. sort of thing. So I just thought, yeah, I want some of that. So just going back to school briefly, because this this does intrigue me. When you're at school, I mean, I don't know, were you academic at all? Were you interested um, in I weren't really that clever. Yeah. Um, I weren't that thick. I yeah. was just sort of in... So you're an average, too. but did you concentrate at all? Did you Was sport a release for you to, to get out of the classroom yeah, and well, do something? PE was only like the, the only lesson I really liked, PE and sociology. If mm. I was interested in something, mm. then, um, then I would be good at it. But other than that, like math, science and... All that kind of stuff was just bored. Yeah, find it boring. Yeah, no, I can, I can, I can go along with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and English because I like my English teacher as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, she was quite. She well, was, why, why was she good? Because she, she was, was just, she was, was good. She was just pretty. <laughs> <laughs> and she was nice as well. She was okay. a nice teacher, and she was pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I remember my first English teacher as well. Going back a long time. Yeah, Miss Fraser, if you're still around. <laughs> So at what point did you think to yourself, okay, I'm, I mean, did you think I've got the physique, I've got the mentality? What was it that, because just kick knocking around in a, in a park, albeit, you know, seriously quite physical, when did you think to yourself, well, you know, I want to take this further, how do I go about it? Was there anything at school that sort of funneled you in the right direction or was it an outside influence? No, yeah, nothing at school, but um, I heard there's a boxing club in Camden um, and I lived in Henley at the time and yeah after just about four or five times of doing it it, it wasn't that I thought that I was really good or well I was I was all right like <laughs> I was quite good actually thinking about it well there's but, only one way to judge if you're good or not isn't there <laughs> uh, you know because I sort of thought of the boys that were like a lot bigger than me and stuff and then I usually kind of done all right I done I fought all the boys that no one else wanted to fight right. so and then I always done like quite well against them. So then after like four or five of them, that's when I thought, yeah, I want to go and give it a go. But it wasn't really then to thinking that I was going to turn professional or I was going to, you know, be really good. It was just I thought I want to do it more and I want to go and spar proper boxers and learn yeah. proper boxers. Why did you fight the guys who were bigger than you? I mean, was it... A- so, no, so, was it was it self confidence? You just thought they don't have a chance against me, or uh, no? You, it's just like it's just like more of a challenge. Like when when you see someone big and strong, and everyone thinks, "Well, pff, I don't want to fight him." I think, "Oh, that's, bring it, bring it on, bring it on, mate!" Yeah. yeah. And most of the time, you came out on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was only I think there was two people who were as good as me back then, or better maybe. Uh, Paul Bossman, he sort of does a bit of boxing now as well, or kickboxing. Um, and one other guy called Nana but he was massive mate and no one else wanted to fight him but I fought him and I give him a little run for his money <laughs> <laughs> and you don't let him forget it to this day yeah, but his punches did hurt definitely did hurt yeah. <laughs> so when did your formal training start where did you start to work um, out so you? my first gym was St Pancras ABC mm-hmm. and yeah I think I started there when I was about 16 maybe but back then, like, I didn't really take boxing too serious. Just kind of went there. All I wanted to do was spar, really. I didn't really want to train and get better at boxing. I just wanted to spar and get in a pest of the coach every day. Can I spar? Can I spar? Mm. And then eventually they let me spar. And I remember, it might not have been the first spar. 
I had a first bar, some guy whacked me up a little bit. And then I remember one other spar and it was just like really kind of like we went to war sort of thing. And then the coaches just stopped and like was looking. And then I think after that, then they kind of took me a bit more seriously kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. And then my first fight wasn't until I was 18. So did they see something in you that you didn't see in yourself? I mean, when they saw you sparring, did they say, Robbie, we think perhaps you've got something here which you can develop if you want to take this seriously or how did it develop? I'm not really sure if they, if they thought that or something. I think they just thought like he's got some marbles sort of right. thing. Um, <laughs> Didn't he's a nutter. Yeah, yeah, because they might maybe thought I didn't have that before and whatever. But that's kind of been one thing that I've always taken with me like throughout boxing, more so in the past. Like I might not have been the best boxer or I could fight people who are technically better than me at boxing, but I've managed to beat them because I... Maybe I wanted it more or I was more aggressive or whatever. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, because, I mean, would you say boxing as a sport when you're, when you're one-on-one in the ring is as much a mental game as it is a, is a physical and tactical thing? You yeah. Say, you say who wants it more. Yeah, but yeah. surely two boxers going in, you know, particularly when you're fighting for, for titles and championships mm. and things like that, don't they want it equally? Yeah, I suppose, like, the, the further up it, the levels you go... You can't just win fights on wanting it more because everyone kind of wants it the same. But I suppose even up at that level, there's still people that do want it more than others. Because mm. assuming you put two boxers in a ring, they're, they're, I don't know, similar weight, similar build, similar style. They've got the same form book going in into it and their tactics, you know, broadly the same. It'd be difficult to pick pick a winner. I mean, maybe a lucky punch, for example. But you think there could be a difference, a mental difference between how one performs and another? Yeah, it depends, obviously, on on the in, like on the people themselves. Mm. But um, there'll be some people that might be mentally, might they might get to the sixth round, seventh round, then switch off, mm. or they might think, ah, oh, bloody, I can't be bothered. Not I can't bother, but mm. they just can't find that extra little bit. Mm. Or there might be another person who doesn't matter how tired they get, they just find another gear. Sure. So you got a record going into pro fighting of. Well, I've got it here somewhere. Um, you've had 40 amateur fights. Around 40, Around yeah. 40. And what, what was your record over that I fight? Think I lost around 10 altogether. 10, 11, maybe. Uh-huh. Did you go through a particularly bad phase um, or were they spread out? If they leave there, was, there was fairly spread out. Like a few of them loses, as every amateur boxer will tell you, they didn't actually lose. They got robbed. So, <laughs> so I, had a, I had a few that I got robbed. Uh-huh. I had a few where I thought I got robbed at the time, but looking back on it now. These are points decisions, you're saying. Yeah, points, yeah. yeah. Um, looking back on them now, some of them could have gone either way. But there was a couple of them, definitely I got robbed. But it was it's actually funny because I trained at St Pancras and then I wanted to come to Neesden for, for quite a long time, but I didn't. I put it off, put it off. Eventually, I come to Neesden, and then I lost my first three fights for Neesden, and I just, could, like, I lost three in a row, and I'd never done that before, and I just couldn't... So that's working out of um, the IQ gym IQ, under yeah. Xavier, so he must yeah. have been delighted uh, <laughs> as your trainer. Because he, he, like, he sees stuff in me, especially back then, that, that I didn't really think I had, uh-huh. and he still does these things that... I don't know if I have. But back then, yeah, so he'd been telling me for, for a while that I'm this and that, you know, like I can, I've got potential and all that. And then I lost and I just, I was embarrassed. Like I felt like I let him down, felt like I let myself down. And then I remember I had my fourth fight and I thought at the time, if I lose this fight, 
I don't think I can, I don't think I can do it anymore. Yeah, I really don't think I can do it anymore. Mm. Luckily, I won that fight. And then after that fight, I went on like a, a good winning spree and I won. So I had my last 13 fights at, um, at IQ. And um, yeah, so then after I lost them first three, I think I had 11 more or something. And I won 10 out of them 11. So. so what do you think it was? You think it was a confidence thing you were just going through? I don't really know, to be honest. One of them... Well, you were robbed. They, they, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, uh, to be fair, I think one of them I was robbed. <laughs> but um, one of them was very close, could have gone either way, couldn't, couldn't complain that, that he won. And what was the other one? I can't even remember now what it was. But um, I think it was just when I, when I come to train here, like Zav was telling me, it's going to take time mm. to... You can't just learn everything. So he's teaching me all new sort of stuff. Um, so I couldn't just learn it overnight. It's going to take time. He kept saying, give it six months, give it six months. And then eventually yeah, everything come out. And then I feel like I started improving. So how long have you been under Zav's guidance now? Um, I've been here for two years, two years. But even before these two years, I used to kind of come down sometimes. And I used to spar his boys. Right. And that's when it, that's how we met uh -huh. like from, from East by his so you've obviously come on leaps and bounds since then. Yeah. And um, you turned pro in May, was it May last year? And yeah. since then you've had three or four, four. four fights four, and you're yeah. four and oh, as yeah. they say in the yeah. States, four and oh. Points, knockouts? Uh, points. All, all points. One, yeah, 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 so they was robbed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you watch the fight, you tell me. <laughs> so how did they go? I mean, what is the step up from amateur fighting to, to being a pro? How do you, How do you have to change your your view your perception of fighting now well i've actually become i i suppose less aggressive um because when we used to fight in the amateurs um we used to fight three rounds hmm. and i kind of used to just go forwards the whole time just throw punches the whole time um and not really think about anything else you could say i'm less aggressive now or you could say i'm more of an all-round boxer that's what, that's yeah more yeah. skillful that's that's what Zav would say because since I've been here he's teaching me before when I was in the amateurs that's all I had was just go be aggressive throw lots of shots not let him have a rest and just fight him until they're tired and then try and win but now I box better um, we fight more, uh, long, more rounds we start off fighting four rounds mm -hmm. I just moved up to six rounds in my last fight and then we're only going to go up and up did it go the six rounds? It went six yeah, rounds. How, yeah. how was that for you? Um, it was actually all right. Yeah. It was not not too tiring. I was a little bit not worried, but um, what's the word? Don't really know. But so in in for my first for my debut, it was four rounds, and um, by the third round, I was we'd been sparring six rounds, and it all went easy in sparring, and got to the got to the fight, got to the third round, and I was knackered, and then I thought, blimey, I'm knackered for this, and then I got the fourth round, and I was tired. The second and third fight was all fine. Um, and then in the fourth fight, because it was the more rounds, I thought, yeah, now I'm sparring this many rounds. It feels all right. But for the actual fight, I might be knackered, but there's no problem. Yeah. Right. Everything, I didn't really, I feel like I could have had a couple more rounds. So good. good. Well, you're going to have to get, yeah, yeah. You used to go longer distances. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, I suppose, if you want to go the whole way. Yep. So, I mean, has your training regime had to change dramatically since you um, turned pro? Or has it just been a gradual sort of increase? It, in I train more often now. I train six days a week, twice a day for like three or four of them days. You, from when people turn professional, they start doing strength and conditioning work, um, which I did for my debut fight. But then I had an injury for the last couple. So I've not actually been able to do that. Strength and conditioning is like 
weight, not so much weights, but like medicine balls and mm. slams, explosive mm -hmm. stuff. Um, I've not really been able to do that. But yeah, we train more, do more um, long runs. In the amateurs, I didn't do any long runs. I used to only do sprints. Now I do like two long runs a week. Um, hill What's sprints. a long run? Uh, I do one eight miler and one five miler. You um, hate that? To be honest, mate, <laughs> the, the runs are the runs are alright, man. Yeah, yeah they're, they're probably they're alright. Yeah, the sprints are the worst, to be honest, and the hill uh -huh. sprints. But the run, um, you just put on your headphones, go for a run, and then. Because you're always trying to beat your time as well. Right. It's like you feel like... Where'd you go running? Uh, around Camden and Swiss Cottage, Belsize Park. So you, you know around there now. They say, here he comes, Robbie. <laughs> not, <laughs> as much as, not, not as much <laughs> as as um, I'd like to be. It'd be a lot lot more helpful if I was a bit more known in Camden. Help with ticket sales and uh -huh. that kind of stuff. Cause, well, that'll come, I'm sure. As you, uh, if, you, if you keep being successful, I'm sure that'll come yeah. with your promotion. So your promoter is... Um, get his name now steve goodwin steve goodwin yeah so you're in a you're in a good yeah camp there yeah. so he's got a good good crew so he should be doing very well lots of promotions so what for you is do you think has been the, the toughest thing you've had to come to terms with i mean in, in boxing generally i mean let's put that another way how has boxing changed your life and changed your mentality of how you think from a point of view of discipline and self-assurance all those sort of things because you're a very you come across as a very relaxed <laughs> sort of guy yeah well when I was sort of like 18 and 19, even 20, like when I was still an amateur boxer, I used to kind of have my fights, disappear from the gym, go and drink loads of beers and that. Um, and then once I started progressing in amateurs and getting harder fights and better fights and stuff like that, then you realize you can't really do them things as much or you can't do these things anymore. And like you've got to diet, you got to do this. So you realize like you have got to actually do put in the Take work not just in the ring mm. but you've got to put in the work in, in other ways as well otherwise you're not going to get what you want and I suppose that's like the same in life really isn't it no absolutely but someone I told me once um, that boxing is like a it's like a life but like a shortened version of it like everything you can think of in boxing like that's that's, that's the same for in life like when you're on top everyone wants you when you're in the bottom no one wants you and all of a sudden you're old and then no one gets no it's very true I mean you know Talking of football, for example, you know, if you lose a game in football, assuming it's not a cup competition, you've still got the rest of the season. Yeah. You, know, you can make that comparison the rest of your life to pick yourself up and move on. Yeah. But in boxing, if you get, if you lose your last fight, I mean, the self doubts must be terrible. Yeah. And then you've got to think, am I going to get another fight? You yeah. know, how am I going to perform in the next fight? So it yeah. must, must be serious highs and lows, both mentally, self doubt, for example, and and then you've got the adrenaline rush of a, of a, of a win yeah. and the, the downside, you know, the mentally downside of, of a loss. It must, must be quite hard yeah. to come to terms with that. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of um, ups and like highs and lows in boxing. I say not but the actual fight itself, less so, um, like the winning or losing, kind of less than, than the other things. More so like just obviously we have to sell tickets, mm. which, which is the reason why I think most boxers stop boxing because it's just too hard to sell the tickets. But that's not, I mean, it's not your responsibility to sell the tickets no, yourself. It is, it is. Oh, it is your responsibility. Yeah, yeah, so you've actually got to be in marketing as well. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to sell like quite a lot of tickets to fight on the show. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't know that. I thought yeah. that was all down to your, your management and your promoters no, and, and your coach. They, no, they can kind of help us, like give us advice and things like that. Um, but it's actually our job to go and sell the tickets. So you've got to sell quite a lot to be able to fight on the show. 
Um, and if you don't sell the tickets, either you don't fight or you have to pay yourself. Uh -huh. um, so when you're training like twice a day, you're working eight hours a day or more, six days a week, working six days a week, dieting and then like, so you feel a bit shit anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and then to know that like you've got two weeks left to the fight and if you don't sell how many tickets, you've got to pay like 600 pounds, 700 pounds of your own money. Um, so that, that can be like a, a bit of a downer. Um, Especially then, as presumably the purse comes out of the, the takings. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. You don't, you don't take, you, you don't pay. Take, if yeah. you don't sell the tickets, you don't take, you pay. That's awful. So you could eat, so you could win the get, win the game, win the fight, win the fight, and still be out of pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably a bigger, bigger low. I would have thought. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's pretty shit. Isn't it? Yeah, it must and my be. coach calls me the wallet man as well because I hate spending money. <laughs> so any, 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 <laughs> yeah, any blow, any money that comes out of my pocket, that's a blow to me. Oh, I bet. Yeah, man, I'm a right. I, didn't, I never appreciated that. Yeah, it's always been that way. Uh, yeah, as far as I know, unless you're kind of like AJ or signed by Eddie Hearn or uh -huh. one of the, you know, like if you're at the top, if you're at the top, then you're laughing, you don't have to worry about selling tickets. So you've really got to be dedicated, haven't you? I mean, yeah. I, so that's another sort of mini skill, yeah. or major skill that and you it's, need. It's, it's not really, an, I don't want to sound like I'm moaning or anything. I'm just saying it's because uh -huh. you're asking. Um, it is like quite, what's the word? Demoralizing. Demotivating. Sort of yeah. yeah. Where, because you have to kind of hassle people and you don't want to do it because if I've asked a few of my mates if they want to come and they don't want to get uh, they don't get back to me and I know they don't want to come yeah. or whatever I don't really want to say again oh do you want to come but if we don't then we either don't fight or we pay like five six however much hundred pound so you kind of have to pester people and hassle people and then you just feel like you're annoying gear yeah. and then you feel like no one likes you and um, so that's that, that's one. That's probably the worst thing about. Boxing. I can well imagine. I mean, I never, I never appreciated that at all. So I yeah. can really see that as being a something that can play in the back of your mind, even when yeah. you're inspiring. You yeah. Because you, your mind can suddenly think that oh, I'm old enough to. Yeah, yeah, fine. yeah. Definitely. The whole time you're training, when you go to bed at night, when you wake up in the morning. Oh, like, no. It's kind of like the, the, the I'm starting to feel sorry for you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know how difficult marketing can be. <laughs> but at least you've got social media, and I, yeah, I know you've, yeah. got a, you've got a fair following on there. We got twenty odd thousand on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, to be honest, that don't really help, man. Everyone says that. They're like, oh, you got so many followers. You, you're all right. Right, but if just one percent of them followers bought a ticket, I'd sell two hundred tickets. Of course you would, but they don't. I've got maybe from people from Instagram, other than like my actual friends, I probably sold about three or four tickets to Instagram for any one fight or just like no, 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 like to a fight. So yeah. yeah, each fight I probably sell like one or two tickets to Instagram people. Yeah, oh wow. So I don't really help too much. No. I'm kind of sick of Instagram. I can't stand it. Like I literally cannot stand Instagram. Instagram to, or social media in general? The whole thing, mate. The whole thing. Go on, tell me I why. Just, I, I really... Because for someone your age and, and in your profession, I would have thought that yeah, Instagram would have been tool. the perfect tool. It is a tool, tool that we have to use and like you can use it really well and it can do really good things for you. Uh -huh. But I just can't stand it. I made a post about it the other day. So anyone that's here, I don't want to bore them, but I just can't stand it. Like People on there are so fake. Um, there's all bitchy people on there uh -huh. who act nice. There's poor people on there that pretend to be rich. There's yeah. rich people on there that pretend to be poor. I don't know about, I've There's... not seen that one, but yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise is, me. <laughs> I've seen them, I've definitely seen them. You'll have to point them out to me. <laughs> and all the like inspirational posts as well. I'm going to get slated for this. Everyone's going to, everyone's going to say, oh, why are you being so negative, this, that. No, but... I, I, look, I, I'm totally on your side on that. And there's, yeah. there's lots of good evidence 
from psychologists and psychiatrists and it's, yeah. it's well known and well reported now yeah. that people you know these influencers on mm. instagram that the lives that they're depicting that they've got are actually nothing like reality yeah, at yeah, all yeah and i mean you don't have to look too far in the news to see people you know topping themselves yeah. and unfortunately this guy from i don't know what one of the shows recently um, oh yeah i heard about that love yeah. island or something. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah oh well i don't watch it my kids no, watch, watch it, it. So you don't watch it <laughs> nah, no that's another thing i can't stand <laughs> i can't stand all those programs yeah. but again it's yeah. all this look at me look at my yeah. perfect wonderful yeah, life yeah. And between you and me nobody's listening <laughs> we've we've got friends who post every little aspect of their life yeah. on facebook i do some things yeah, but yeah. I, you know i don't this yeah. food porn and yeah, yeah. Me, uh, <laughs> yeah. out with my family and stuff yeah because we know the truth yeah yeah <laughs> i'd much rather post the truth and say i'm having a crap the day shit, or yeah. look, you know i'm having a nice day but not all this nonsense yeah, yeah. but i'm surprised that someone like you finds it unappealing but i'm glad because you can see through yeah. it's not transparent at all is yeah. it yeah but like i do use it obviously because i have to I have to promote when a fight's coming up and this and i take pictures after training mm. and it's just like it's just it's just a chore if i wasn't a if i wasn't a professional boxer i wouldn't i wouldn't use it and the other thing is like as well when you post when you put pictures up and things like that if you're because obviously as a boxer we need to try and um, get sponsors and things mm. like that to help us make our life a little bit easier but if you're posting pictures and you don't have enough likes on it you don't have enough comments on it people are going to start thinking oh who's this season nobody don't get why would we want to invest in him and it's all like you've got to post things you've got to get likes and it's all just that's the influence just nonsense, a, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's just too much of a chore mm. but it's a tool that you should try and take advantage of whether you like it or not yeah true. i mean there's elements of boxing and training presumably you don't like i don't know you probably want to go and have a few pints of an evening and you yeah. you've got the self-restraint of not doing i mean do you have a nutritionist as well um or do you just follow a certain diet plan? Well, one of my sponsors the turmeric company um mm -hmm. after my first sorry good plug yeah yeah get him in there <laughs> <laughs> after one of, after my my debut um i sat down with um one of the guys from the company and like we went through my diet and mm -hmm. he cut things out and give me um, suggestions and mm -hmm. we wrote it all out and I sort of stuck to that since then. And you found it beneficial? M very beneficial, really? yeah, yeah. So what what have you cut out or changed? What's the, big, the biggest change that you've seen in improve uh, apart um, from obviously having their, their products, which yeah, sure so I So now I eat four meals a day, like when I'm in training camp. <laughs> when I'm not in training camp. Yeah. Um, let's not talk about when I'm not in training <laughs> camp. <laughs> but when I am, I eat four meals a day um, rather than three. Uh, he told me, like, if you eat more smaller meals, it speeds up your metabolism. Um, your body burns everything mm -hmm. off. Um, I eat, like... Pro, I, when I'm uh, making weight, I cut out carbs at night time as well. I have all my carbs throughout the daytime. And that brings down my weight um, closer to the fight. Um, but yeah, just like nuts in the morning, eggs, fruit, vegetables, all this kind mm. of stuff. Mm. But We haven't even touched on your weight. You're, you fight at middleweight, I believe. Yeah, yeah um, I'm kind of between middle and super middle. I'm kind of guess trying to decide what's best for me. So to the layman, what, what is that in terms of kilos? So the about? middleweight limit is 72.6 kilos. Mm -hmm. The super middleweight limit is 76.6. Okay. But so the fights I've been fighting at the moment because they're not a title fight you can just get matched at whatever weight right. so I've been getting matched at around 74 
So you're playing um, in the middle, really? The yeah, two right you. in the middle. Yeah. Um, well, like saying that, the two guys that I fought, they come in at 81 kilos. Oh, blimey. Yeah, so it was like a whole, like, six or seven kilos heavier yeah. than me. But, but you're used to that, aren't you, from your park days? Yeah, yeah. They think you're the big guys. <laughs> Good training for that, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I've just been kind of seeing what's best for me. But if you fight for a title, um, you weigh in the day before, so maybe somebody's maybe middleweight, but mm. I'll see how it goes. But what do you feel comfortable at? I think maybe going forwards, I might have to go, I might have to do super middle. But the, the thing with that is, is that guys come down from like 81, 82 kilos to get to that limit. And then the next day when they fight, they'll go back up to like 81, 82. And if I'm just going up to 76, I'll be a lot bigger. Like you said, I've got a bit of practice from that. You can't so. have it always, can you? But you'll, you'll be faster and more dynamic yeah, and skillful, yeah. won't you? They'll be, they'll be plodding around the ring trying to chase you. True. Yeah, so, well, that's interesting. What's the difference? I mean, you say it's difficult getting ticket sales, mm. but you're fighting in bigger venues now as well, I would imagine. Is it York Hall? York Hall, cool, yeah. The, I mean, yeah. that holds a few people, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Has that been filmed when you've been um, fighting? My fights are filmed usually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. full. Oh, not filmed. Full. Oh, Has that oh. been full? Um, yeah. yeah, so it's a bit of a mix each time. My last fight, I had a really good slot. I fought just, uh, a couple of fights before the main event. Mm -hmm. So that was really full. That was good. Uh, my, my debut was pretty full. And my third one was actually, I was fighting first. So that was rubbish. Um, it was pretty much empty other than... We're all at the bar. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so that was the worst one. But other than that, yeah. I've, Does that change... The dynamic of the fight, I mean, do you feel different or is it once you're in the ring, it doesn't matter if there's a thousand people there or nobody there? Me personally, I like the more people there, the better. Right. Um, and I've always been that way. Uh -huh. So you are a bit of an exhibitionist really, <laughs> aren't you? You, do, you don't like to be cheered on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe in more ways than no, I'm only joking. Not, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, okay. Well, this is audio, so no one can, no one can see anything, but I'd rather you didn't. <laughs> so what's this headline here I saw in one report? I'm not interested, not that interested in titles. Yeah, um, I said that because when I first started boxing, I didn't start boxing to become English champion, British champion, world champion. I've done it because I like fighting and I like, well, no, I don't like fighting, but I like getting in there mm. and, oh, yeah, fighting. <laughs> um, but in front of a crowd and in the amateurs when I've had big fights where everyone's come down to support me and it's been a good atmosphere and it's been great. That, that's, what I, that's what I'm in boxing for is good nights that I'm going to remember forever. Um, that my supporters are going to remember and things that I can make people proud. But looking back on it, with titles are probably going to bring that, but then I would want the title to bring that, not so much to say I've got this belt. Yeah. Well, I hate to do the Spurs analogy to an Arsenal fan, but it's like playing really good football or not, not winning anything. I to guess. Look, to look back on that at the end of your career. That's true. You know, we've had some fantastic teams and fantastic individual players. Yeah. And, you know, we don't want the Harry Kane of this world to disappear and say, had great times at Spurs, but won nothing. Yeah, you, you've, got to true. you've got to enjoy the journey, yeah. which is which is fine. But yeah. you, you want you want some silverware, don't you? At the I, end of the I day. suppose I do. <laughs> like, I don't not want to, because I've got a bit of stick for saying this as well. I don't mm. like, I'm not against winning a title. I don't mm. not want a title. But um, obviously, like, I want one. If it comes, mm. it comes and I'll win it and whatever. But like, so in the amateurs, I've had um, fights where I've had about, 60 people sometimes come down to watch me and the, the atmosphere was like really really good mm. like and i'll remember that forever um but then i had a fight where it was like a northwest london 
my first tournament I'd done and I won the Northwest division. Mm -hmm. No one was there, no one saw it, but I won it. And I was like on paper, the Northwest London champion. But I won't remember that. I don't even, can't even remember the fight. I don't remember mm. anything about it. Mm. But, but that's on your CV. So on paper, it looks yeah. good. But as you say, it's something you probably won't even remember who you fought you yeah. know, in, in years, years time. So it, it's, it's being down in the dirt, doing the journey, which is the bit that you enjoy, I suppose, the training, the camaraderie, the getting in the ring, and the titles hopefully will come if you continue to perform to a high standard. Yeah, not so much the, the down in, in the dumps. I don't, <laughs> I don't enjoy that. But like, say, say I could have a, a big fight um, at a big venue, say I fought at Wembley mm. or O2, whatever, and there was loads of people there watching, it was on telly, or even if it weren't on telly, but whatever, there was lights, this, that, or I could fight Tottenham Leisure Centre mm -hmm. for a title, and I win the title, nothing, no one's really there. I win the title, I've got the title, and it is good, obviously I've got the title, but if I could choose that, or fight at the O2, with thousands of people there, lights, all this, then I'll choose that. Okay, that's fair enough. So going forward, I mean, what, what's, what's the fight you've got coming up next? My next fight, we're kind of deciding what we're going to do, but I think we're looking for a step up in like levels of opposition. In class. In class, yeah. yeah. So, so you've got a few names in the hat you're toying uh, with? For, not, not, for the, not for this fight. I don't know um, names as of yet, but down the line, there's one guy called Denzel Bentley. Mm -hmm. He um, just got signed by Frank Warren. Um, he's a middleweight. He's 9-0, eight knockouts. So he's a hot prospect, but I fought him in the amateurs three times. I beat him twice and I lost once. Um, so I would definitely want to get in there with him. So yeah, but he, he's down the line somewhere, somewhere soon. I wouldn't mind fighting him soon. Uh, probably not for the next one because I'm a bit fat at the moment. Um, I need to get into some good shape before fighting him. I'm glad this isn't on uh, video, video as well. <laughs> yeah, so not fat. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> But yeah, he's down line. There's another one, Linus Udofia. Um, he's looked really good. He was meant to fight for the title, but um, the guy who had the title didn't want to fight him. I think he bottled it. Tylin Jones, he's another one who had the title. So anyone, anyone that's good, anyone like that who's mm -hmm. got a name, then I'll want to fight him. But there's nothing penciled in at the moment. For the next one, I'm not, no. not, not too sure who it is. I'm not going to call out any of them for the next one, but soon I want them. Like, what, like, what sort of time are we looking at for the next fight? What, when will my next yeah, fight when, be? Yeah. Oh, my next fight is uh, June 29th. Okay. So, so I'm going to Scotland tomorrow, actually. Okay. Um, and when I get back from that, um, I'll have like a 10 week. What, what's that, a break? Just um, a yeah, uh, I'm going to see my, I've got some family up there, my nan, uh, or as Scottish people say, granny. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go see her for a little while. And then, yeah, when I come back, then back to it 10 week back training camp yeah. down to it what what would you say is your your strong point physically in terms of you know left to a cup of cut or uh, ducking and diving i mean i, I didn't even ask what you southpaw or uh, no i'm no. orthodox orthodox, orthodox. Yeah. i don't really know my zav my coach always says uh my jab yeah <laughs> he says i've got a good jab uh but to be honest man i don't really know to be honest um i like throwing hooks uh-huh like throwing right hands, like throwing off guard, I don't know. I was just like throwing punches. Just like scrapping. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm pretty, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. You just, just you can watch around. a couple of my fights and then I'll let you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I just wondered if you thought you, if you fancied, you know, one when, shot rather than when another. I, when like someone's holding the pads for me uh -huh. um, and I throw like a big right hook, it's 
bloody powerful uh -huh. but for some reason in, in my fights that punch don't really seem to be used i don't know why maybe i might have to start using it yeah um but i don't know really yeah i'm not sure <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll we'll look out for it maybe it'll be the big right that'll yeah. uh, take you to the next level who knows yeah. well i mean so long term how do you see yourself going forward i mean obviously you've got ambitions for although you say you're not interested in titles or that interested in titles i think you said long term hopefully you want to progress you know you want to build up your cv and ultimately you know make a success of it yeah yeah, yeah. so where do, where do you see yourself um, maybe in a couple of years time like i said title wise i'm not all that interested yeah. in but if i could win like obviously you start off with, with southern area or, or english title hopefully win that and then move on to i just want to get some fights hopefully fight on the tv mm -hmm. um and make a little bit of money from it would be nice mm. I want to make enough money that I can buy a Zav a little something. Oh, that's nice. Um, he's a good guy, bit, isn't he? I've, he is a good, yeah. he is good. And he's always, he's always had my best interests at heart, even when I wasn't one of his fighters. Mm. So I always, always owe him whatever. If I can make anything, then I owe him something. No, that's really good. But um, yeah, he don't really make much money from boxing. So if I could just make a little something, then I can give him a little something. So what would you say to young kids, young school kids, scrapping in the playground, going out with the gloves? You know, um, if, they want to, if they're interested in breaking I, into I, boxing, I, I suppose the the mature answer is don't do it at a park. Go to a boxing club. <laughs> no, but no, seriously, yeah, no, start up boxing. It's good. Like, give it a go. Go down to the gym. Listen to your coaches. Yeah. Don't cool. drink beers. <laughs> That's the hardest thing, isn't yeah. it? Don't, drink don't eat crispy creams. Don't do all the oh, stuff. Oh, no, it's Easter just around the corner. We like to what do, we, yeah. What are we going to do? Just be a nun, a male <laughs> nun, or a female if you're a female. <laughs> all right, Robbie, it's um, been a pleasure uh, having you on the podcast. Thank you very much indeed. Thank and you, mate. Wish you all the very best of luck with Thanks your forthcoming lot, uh, fights and your future career. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, All mate. right, pleasure. Take Cheers. care. Every week here at Your London Legacy, we bring straight to your device a new and fascinating guest with a wonderful London-based story. We hope you enjoy listening to their timeless stories as much as we enjoy creating them for you. If so, the best way to show your appreciation is to subscribe to the show. Simply go to www.yourlondonlegacy.com and pop your name and email in the box we're shown. That way, you'll never miss another episode. Thank you for your support.